Morning prayer starts on page four. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Psalm 144 is on page 519. Blessed be the Lord my strength, who teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My hope and my fortress, my castle and deliverer, my defender in whom I trust, who subdueth my people that is under me. Lord, what is man that thou hast such respect unto him, or the son of man that thou so regardest him? Man is like a thing of naught, his time passeth away like a shadow. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth thy lightning, and tear them. Shoot out thine arrows, and consume them. Send down thine hand from above. Deliver me, and take me out of the great waters from the hand of strangers. Whose mouth talketh of vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of wickedness. I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, and sing praises unto thee upon a ten-string lute. Thou hast given victory unto kings, and hast delivered David thy servant from the peril of the sword. Save me and deliver me from the hand of strangers, whose mouth talketh of vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of iniquity. That our sons may grow up as the young plants, and that our daughters may be as the polished corners of the temple. That our garners may be full and plenteous with all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. That our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no decay, no leading into captivity, and no complaining in our streets. Happy are the people that are in such a case. Yea, blessed are the people who have the Lord for their God. 
Here beginneth the first, the eleventh chapter of the book of Exodus. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall ever be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue, against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you. After that I will go out. Then he went out to, from Pharaoh in great anger. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Here beginneth the 50th verse of the 15th chapter of the first epistles of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Now thus I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised up incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this incorruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruptible, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is, the, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 
But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Here in the, the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. We beseech thee, Almighty God, mercifully to look upon thy people, that by thy great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore both in body and soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, 
whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. We're considering, as we walk through this uh, narrative of the Exodus, the, the sort of um, connection and application to, to the spiritual life. And we should understand that we're, we're dealing with the overarching Old Testament backdrop for what we're going to go through in Holy Week and Easter. And, and sort of being aware of the typology of this is significant for the spiritual life, that Israel being in Egypt as slaves, um, under the heavy hand of Pharaoh and labor is is the likeness of, of the human condition of slavery to, to Satan and sin and death from which we cannot be freed. And that the activity of, of, of God here through the hand of Moses to, um, as it were, uh, conquer Pharaoh, to bring Pharaoh to his knees, <clears throat> is, is sort of the, the backdrop for the, for the New Testament you know, proclamation that Jesus has come to conquer these enemies of ours that hold us captive, Satan, sin, and, and death. And um, it makes the point here, of course, that that this is a uh, <clears throat> that that this is a hard won battle. It costs something. We we've skipped a few chapters, and if you go read the the chapters between yesterday and today, it's it's about the plagues. It's that you know Moses says, "Let my people go," and Pharaoh says, oh, oh, "You know." Um, no, and then Moses visits a plague, and then Pharaoh changes his mind, says, okay, go, but then changes his mind back to say, no, I'm not going to let you go. I think the reluctance, uh, we should understand the reluctance of Pharaoh to let Israel go, is this is a, a massive labor force. When um, Israel leaves Egypt, <clears throat> there, there's a, a you know, massive economic uh, loss to, to the Egyptians. So, um, the, the price paid is costly. It also, I think, um, is, is sometimes um, the idea of salvation being paid by God as God will pay it in the, <clears throat> in the lamb that he provides and in, in the person of Jesus for our sins um, gives the impression that this means that God has done everything and we have nothing to do. I think the story also highlights for us that in Christ, um, the battle against sin is, is a protracted and tough one. And one thing we realize that, that in um, uh, Christ hasn't saved us from, um, from any labor in the spiritual life, he saved us from futility. And so as we, as we labor in Christ in the spirit against sin, we bring about in our own life the victory that Jesus has once for all declared for us. But this victory in our life is a progressive victory that will ultimately be realized in, in what is uh, described in our second lesson in the resurrection. But I think it's, it's a big mistake in the Christian life, and I think it's, it's an evangelical error 
you know, Jesus did everything for us. We're saved because of what he did. That is true. We are saved. We are in the kingdom now because of what he did. But we have labor in the kingdom. We have to, you know, identify where is the struggle. We have to apply disciplines of fasting and, and prayer and where we're going to say yes and where we're going to say no. We have to order our lives around the life of prayer to bring that life in so that this freedom from Satan, sin, and death with Jesus is one for us is, is realized in our life. And the big problem in the spiritual life in our time is people don't realize that. They think it's just, and Jesus has saved us, I'm free. And then they go back into life and that all these temptations, they're not taking any um, you know, uh, uh, not, not enacting any disciplines to conquer. A uh, couple other points about about this, just to, in, in by way of the sort of the reference. For, um, first of all, the the death of the firstborn in Egypt, where it's going to be the background, uh, and and God providing the lamb to spare. We'll get that in the subsequent chapters to to spare the firstborn of Israel is going to put Israel in debt. And that's the whole idea of Israel offering her firstborn to God throughout her history. And, and that is, of course, the debt that's ultimately paid by Christ, who is the firstborn son and fulfills the debt and, and therefore redeems Israel in its fullest. And then I, I think there's an interesting image here that connects our, our Exodus lesson and our Corinthians lesson that Moses tells Israelites to ask jewelry from their neighbors. And it's a kind of a funny thing, but it looks like, you know, that like the whereas Pharaoh's hardening his heart and saying no, the people are realizing that the Israelites uh, are are serving a powerful God, and they probably you know are ready to have them go. So they they're going to ask for for jewelry, and they'll go out of Egypt with this sort of you know possessing wealth and and as it were glory as they emerge from this captivity through the sea to freedom and that provides a kind of analogy to the to the to the image of resurrection where you know um where we we move from this this sort of weak corrupt mortal body and as we move from that state of captivity in the resurrection the trumpet sounds the dead are raised incorruptible in glory we emerge from our our uh our captivity to mortality in these glorious bodies so the emergence of Israel from their captivity in Egypt provides a kind of image of our own uh, emergence from the, the, the sort of inglorious condition of mortality into glory in, in the resurrection of, of the body. And um, that's always what we want to have in mind. We, we, it, we just want to highlight again and again and again, the Christian hope is the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of the body. It's not to just die and go to heaven. Dying and going to heaven is the intermediate state, but it's not a completed state because it's a disembodied state that we die, our bodies go, are buried, our spirits are, are somehow with Christ in paradise, but we're always waiting for the resurrection, the restoration of the fullness of life in the body. And this is really rooted in the Old Testament because Israel had no idea of a disembodied hope that didn't involve possession of a of a country, and so the resurrection for us is the is the um, the restoration, the fullness of life in the body, where we come into the inheritance of the new creation. A few thoughts about today's lessons. Continuing with the prayer for all conditions of men on page eighteen. 
O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for joining this morning in prayer. Have a wonderful Thursday and keep our eyes just focused on our on our goal and our telos. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye, kiddos. Bye. Thank you, everyone.